A mate of mine out in Canada called Neil Thrussell asked if I would participate in his live online 48-hour exploration on the question, what is success? Now, Neil spoke to dozens of leaders in their fields, and I wanted to share my turn in the hot seat with you here. So you'll get a nuanced and, of course, non-personal perspective on what constitutes success from me. Plus, Neil delves into my past to discover how different my views were when I was young. And you'll also discover the one skill that matters most when it comes to achieving success in your endeavours. And we also discuss how important it is to step out of the box for success. And what does love have to do with it? As ever, you can find the show notes for today's episode at www.beabrillianthuman.com slash 147. That's 147 because this is episode 147. And that means there's previous episodes, 146 to be precise, that you can go and binge listen to. This is your first time here. And hello, if it's your first time here. And in the show notes, there's also going to be the links to Neil's live page where you can see his talks on success and hear perspectives from a lot of other great people. So grab a cuppa and let's dive in. Welcome to the Be A Brilliant Human podcast with me, Joel Young. If you're looking to improve your life, to heal, to grow and mature as an individual, but maybe you found that some of the personal development and consciousness stuff has given you the impression that you need to be super serious and vigilant to get anywhere meaningful or feeling like maybe you're just not up to snuff. Well, this show is here to remind you of your humanity and in fact that that's where your true joy and brilliance lies. With over 25 years of experience in the transformation biz and having developed MPA, one of the world's simplest pressure-free approaches to growth and well-being, if I do say so myself, I'll be sharing tips, steps and insights that'll help you navigate all the aspects of life as a growth-seeking being. On this show, it comes to you with a good dose of humour, maybe a smattering of colourful language, a reminder not to take things so personally, and most importantly, to be kind to yourself along the way. Make sure you hit that follow button, and let's get into it. Welcome, everyone. My name is Neil Thrussell, and I'm really, really excited to have my friend Joel Young, who is the creator and the custodian of NPA, and I'll even tell you what it stands for. It stands for non-personal awareness. And I'm really excited that Joel, Joel's also the host of a, of a podcast called the, the Brilliant Human Podcast. And uh, he's got nearly 30 years of experience. How is that possible? You don't look that old, Joel. <laughs> <laughs> Moisturizer. <laughs> so so welcome. And I'm, I'm just going to just jump right in and uh, talk about... so. I, what is success to you? And I, we'll, we'll talk about the evolution of success, but what is, how would you define success? Okay, so I've had some time to think about this. It's one of those interesting things where you kind of, until you do something like this, you don't necessarily stop and think, huh, what is success? And what are my thoughts about success? And how does that fit into my life? And these days, I suppose... Where I, where I look at life in general and what I'm about and what I'm up to in the world is about looking at nuances over mechanics. Of course, I looked at it through the lens of nuances. So I think I tend to think of myself as a contextualist, right? I look at things. There's no truth without context is one thing I firmly believe. So when you look at success, you have to look at the context. 
So it occurred to me that we kind of have definitions of success that are on a, a polar scale. You have to think about it in terms of there are sort of subjective views of success, which are internal, um, your internal perspective about it. Then there's the external, um, which is what's perceived outside of you as to be success, where you get all of these cultural ideas of success. So you might think, well, then if you go into that polar argument, then do you then favor the subjective or the external? But I think it is more nuanced than that. And I think all of us, as I know it's true for me, have we're somewhere on the spectrum of that in terms of our balance of what we perceive about success and what success means. So any question you ask about success would have to have a context because in certain contexts, there's gonna be more in the external Another context is going to be more in the internal. But I suppose if I directly answer your question, because that's a complex answer, but that's how <laughs> I love the nuances. I suppose if I was to drill it down to one thing, success overall for me is, is a matter of being truly and honestly connected to yourself, no matter what the choices you make and what you do. So that ties back into that kind of internal or subjective experience because when you look at it you're going to have to figure out what truly matters to you <laughs> and if you can do that then you can start having a real conversation about what success means to you with with yourself or with others excellent so my question so with the 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 younger version the the the, the joel and finished his high school or the university was he more concerned with the the external vision of success or, or what do you think where what, what was your markers or measurement of success in the much younger version of yourself well i think i think there's always that kind of it's like we, we come in and a sort of certain certain amount of us is formed in terms of where our set point is so I think I've always had a bit of a balance, but certainly when I was younger, I know that well, I look all these guitars on the back of my wall. You know, I teach personal development. I've got like six, seven guitars on the back of my wall because when I was eight years old, I picked a guitar up. And therefore, my vision of success was, uh, you know, fame, fortune, rock and roll lifestyle. That was success, which I never got. Well, I got close. I certainly lived the life. That was fun. You know, a bit crazy, uh, but not in that when I look at it, no, success at the time, because it felt like a failure when it fell apart, even though we had great success within a certain uh, genre, um, it felt like I never made it to that big kind of stadium rock kind of place. So that was a definition of success, which or marker I didn't make. Similarly, I think when I got into business, I thought when I had a certain car, <laughs> that would mean that I made it. <laughs> Which is not what I feel now, but it was kind of interesting. Yeah. So you were wanted this. We'll use your 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 guitar, and you wanted to fill a stadium. What do you think separated you from this young ideological young man and the people that actually made it? Is there something in there that was the difference that you? you weren't willing to do or you didn't get all the right breaks or, or whatever. So what do you think separated you from the rock legends? 
Well, I think there's there's a number of things. That's a really good context to talk about it in, actually, in because the music industry, and it's very similar in, in our industry, you know, they're very similar industries. In the music industry, um, to a degree, it's an amount of luck. But if I was to pinpoint the, the, the place where we missed the moment where we could have gone a lot further, we had... Um, an interview with one of the big music music papers in the UK is the NME and a guy called Steve Lamack who was on our sort of top youth radio chatted to us and he said we had to move to London he basically said we needed to lick all the right behinds um you know do there was he gave us a list of of the reality of what it took to make it in the music industry in the early 90s and we were arrogant young punks and said, we're a Windsor band and we're not going to move to London and da 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 da, -da. And so, in a sense, our, our arrogance, which I think at the time was a cover for other things, um, meant that we didn't do those things. Now, I can't say that if I'd done those things, it would necessarily have, have paid off because in the end, we were, we were, um, we got to a point where we were nearly signed by a major label. We were about to do a big European tour. Um, and then what often happens is the landscape of the music industry shifted because a band came out and suddenly Sony were like, you know, we're <laughs> you're not them and we want them now. It was like really cruel at the time. Um, but I think maybe if we'd done that relationship building thing um, in the way that we've been told works, then there would be more chance that we could have maybe circumnavigated some of that because the relationship building, I think, is really important. So if we take it and move the conversation to a higher level, so you were given some guidance, and so have you had followed maybe per se advice or or had taken, gotten rid of uh, your own version of yourself and without losing integrity and, and self-worth, you, there's, do you think that's a key factor in people that are really successful, that, that they listen to advice, they're willing to take more risks? So the uber successful, how do you think that they get that success? Well, it's interesting because, again, if we look at it through the sort of eyes of, of contextual, at that point in our careers, it would be really good for us to have listened to that advice. I think as you go forward, you have to become way more discerning about that dance between listening to advice and listening to your gut feeling. So it becomes, again, my, my whole thing is like mastery comes from, you know, the nuances, not the mechanics. The mechanics is for the formula. The nuances um, play that dance with your own sort of intuitive gut feeling and then be open to receiving advice and opinions, but take your authority in what you choose to do. So um, I, don't, I don't know what it worked for people like Oprah and those, those big people, but I would guess that they have that balance down. Now, an MPA, when I'm teaching mastery to, to people, because what I do now is I help coaches become like the best coaches. It is that dance. In MPA, we call it animation. You listen for where the energy is already moving. And then, you know, if you can commit to that, like without an agenda, without anything, if you can commit to that, then you're moving with like, the universe behind you. So in, in coaching and facilitating people, that's an amazing skill because it's magic 
when you work with someone in that way, rather than just using the mechanics of a tool or a formula. Um, but when you can navigate in that way, then you're in the magic zone. And I think that's where you're going to get success. So I'd say, I suppose, if I put it through an MPA or non-personal awareness perspective, I'd say Oprah was really good at following the animation in each moment, being able to discern the right move at the right time. And that in itself is a, and is a learned and acquired skill. You're never going to get good at it without taking risks. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, it's one thing. The first time I ran our practitioner program, which is the mastery, um, I had a testimonial afterwards. And, and the lady said, um, when Joel described that he was going to teach us, she thought, how the hell is he going to teach us that? But she said, I did ultimately succeed. You know, if I look at a success, that's been a huge success for, from my own personal perspective in terms of the people that have taken it. Um, but it is a skill. I think I had it very naturally in relation to facilitating other people. I had to kind of reverse engineer what I was doing that made people look at me and go, what the hell are you doing? How did you do that? And I had to reverse engineer it so I could actually teach it to other people so they could embody it. Because I don't think it's um, I don't think it's an exclusive <laughs> potential <laughs> in anybody. So for people that are success, to be the best father, to be a good to be a good partner, to be a good business partner. I'm, I'm, what I'm hearing in there is you're talking about people, what I think I heard you say, is people need to be willing to look at themselves and really pull themselves apart and be raw and vulnerable and find out what it is that they're about. I think that, that's an absolute asset. I, I don't know of anybody, or I haven't read anybody or heard anybody that's super successful that doesn't at some point say, I, I learned and I listened. And, and it's like, but it is that dance. You've got to learn, you've got to listen, you've got to self-examine, you need to iterate, experiment, you've got to be willing to fail, to succeed, all those things that you hear. Um, but in amongst it, to, to what makes the difference, in my mind, the difference between mastery and just sort of um, mid-level success is that nuanced piece of where you can determine the difference between when that learning, because sometimes learning can become, you know, which is a medicine, can become the poison. How many people have you met, Neil, that sort of go to another seminar to learn something else? Because it's really an avoidance. The last podcast I did on the Be a Brilliant Human podcast was all about that. It was like you, the, the medicine becomes the poison because it's actually a distraction from taking the next leap, which deep down, you know it's there. You know what you need to do. It's just there's fears and all sorts in the way. This episode is sponsored by MPA Mastery. Yep, that's our very own MPA Certified Practitioner Program, where you get to up-level your one-to-one -one work and set yourself apart from other coaches, therapists, and facilitators as you learn MPA's unique, agendaless way, which means your client sessions become effortless and resistance-free. No more draining struggles and way more energy after each session. Plus, you'll be able to add the power of MPA and over 30 MPA situation-specific frames alongside whatever modalities you already use. Take your practice to the next level. Visit www.thempaacademy.com slash mpamastery and get registered today. I'm deeply committed to helping you up-level the work you do with your clients. 
and here's what the graduate MPA Mastery participants say. Buckle up, baby, for some turbocharged personal development. This is by far my most favorite program ever. And believe me, I've had so many programs. It's a holding your hand all the way through, teaching, using his experience, which is amazing. I've never, I've never had case studies done that well. In, in my other courses that I feel that it's a real learning experience and he wants us to up level that's one of his things and yeah up leveling right from the beginning and <laughs> from the first five minutes but it's really great because I'm feeling that difference in working with other people in how I am as I am working with those people and to make it more easy and I could see the result I could see the effect of that in my work with clients immediately and it just get better as we go further through the program. I've learned how much of an agenda I did have when I thought I was pretty agendaless. Um, so the agendalessness of, of becoming a practitioner opens up a, a vastness in my own practice that I just didn't realise um, was available to me. It's the first time when somebody takes takes my hand and takes me by my hand and takes me through um, real intricacies and nuances of what it is to be a practitioner, to be a therapist. Even though it's online and I've been on other online things and you're drained at the end in front of a computer, this is the one where I don't feel drained. Like, because we laugh so much, it's so much fun. And the way it's taught, I don't feel drained at the end of eight hours on a computer, even though that's a lot of time. It's deep and powerful and profound. The promise that Joel's making about how agendalessness will improve your effectiveness as a facilitator and as a therapist, that is not an empty promise. I'd love you to join us. So go to www.thenpaacademy.com slash MPA Mastery and get registered today. So I love the word you used, mastery. And I think that's, for me personally, that's, the, that's the, one of the keys is you have to be you have to master something. You can't be a generalist in everything in order to be successful at whatever you is that you want to, to do. Thoughts around that? So, yeah, I mean, mastery is very dear to me. It's like, um, again, MPA Mastery is the name of the practitioner's program. And I think mastery comes with practice over time. You have to do that. Um, but I think... Also, you have to look at the other piece of the equation, which is, I imagine if we pick on Oprah, for example, what she's chosen to become a master of is something that is already innately natural to her anyway. And part of finding out what truly matters to you, that investigation will help you um, kind of put your eggs in the right basket, so to speak. You know, it's because if you, you people do, sort of reach mastery to a degree in areas that are not their most natural space. It's just a lot harder. Um, and honestly, I think when you've got that innate setup, it's like you're doing the thing you're here to do, then yeah. I, I think there are levels that you can reach of your genius because they're, all you're really doing is, is getting out of the way to allow them to flourish and express themselves 
um, in ways you couldn't possibly imagine when you start out the journey. So again, I come back to, it's very important to find out what truly matters to you. And when I say it truly matters to you, I mean, it's like, you can't make that stuff up. It's like, <laughs> or guess it or secondhand it. You, you, you need to really connect with what's real. And when I say connect with yourself, I'm not either talking about that spiritual idea of self where it's like the 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 God, the boundless in you. I'm mm -hmm. talking about getting granular and real about your humanity, including your spiritual self, but including that part that wants to have a nice jag, you know, jag car or something. It's, it's like you've got to put them all together and go in in the, the smorgasbord of differences that make up me. What does that up, add up to and what actually matters to me? And it's not going to be a black and white answer. It's going to be a, a collection of things you sift through and go, these things truly matter. And I, I love the talk that you talked about mastery and, and looking at your, your, your talents. Because we, I'm, when I define the trouble with being normal is that when we stay, we, when we follow the societal norms that you white picket fence to, and, and there's nothing wrong with it, nothing wrong with it. But in order, if you want to be su successful in whatever it is that you're choosing, I think you have to take the risk and step outside of what everyone else is doing and take a risk, take a chance to be something different than what society wants of you. Yeah, it depends. Again, context here. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a bit pedantic on the context. But I think when you say there's nothing wrong with it, I think that that's pointing to what I would say, which is like, so that that stepping out of the box, that difference that often gets us people in society that we hold up as great, the Elon Musk's of the world, you know, the Oprah's, all of those people, um, they want that. That's important to them in some way. There are, and in order for them to be contrastingly different, there needs to be a body of people for whom that is not their thing. Success for someone may be, for example, raising a family, having a steady job, um, and and keeping their head down. Now we can argue from a sort of personal growth perspective that, well, you know, they don't really want to grow, but in who do we know? What do we know what their soul's up to in this lifetime? What do we know about that? It's like, and without people who have that, we we don't get, you know, our deliveroo to us. We don't get our, you know, the shirts made. We don't we don't get those things that take someone who's gonna what matters to them most, and if they honor it, are gonna go and do the nine to five job and do what they're told. So I, I really kind of unpack it and say, um, that's why it comes back to the the nuances of that actually for many people is what truly matters the the difference there is if you're doing that but it's not really you then you're going to suffer similarly if you think you're supposed to be breaking the boundaries and doing the rest and you and you think that's what you're supposed to do because you were raised in an entrepreneurial family but actually you just want to get a job then, then you're going to suffer because you're trying to be Oprah when you're not. Just not you. That's not actually what matters. And that that's a different task of of dropping that agenda, that idea, and coming back. You know, I just want to be a farmer. You know, it's like, <laughs> and then go do it. <laughs> Absolutely. And maybe that's a definition of success: is doing what you love. Yeah, I think so. I, I call it doing what matters only because I'm a, again, I love to sort of play with words. Doing what you love has become kind of a, 
a potential cop-out, for example. What yeah. matters that to me has more gravitas. Mostly, you're going to love what matters to you. But sometimes what matters to you is going to be hard and you're going to not love it at all. So, <laughs> but if you're honest, then if it matters to you, then it's worth, It's it helps get you or motivate you through um, through the challenges, which you're going to meet if you want to, especially if you want to push out the box, you're going to meet those challenges. I can't believe we're at 20 minutes already. So is there anything that you, a very quick something that you would love to, to leave the, uh, our, our viewers and listeners with? Um, I think just, just to examine yourself and what you, I guess it's that phrase, which is ask yourself what truly matters to you. Um, I invite them to come and check out my website, which is the npaacademy.com. If they're interested in mastery and anyone who you see listening as a, as a coach wants to come and check out MPA mastery, it'll be there um, on the site um, and come, come check it out. But I think that's my, my message from today is be really honest with yourself. What truly matters to you? And thank you for joining us, Joel. My absolute pleasure, Neil. I'm mean, looking forward to the rest of this program, this experiment that you're running. Fantastic. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening. If you've enjoyed this show, I'd love you to do me a solid and tell someone about it. They can find us on Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, and most other podcast platforms. Plus, if you visit the website, www.babrillianhuman.com, you can share the show notes to social media and make my day. Also, make sure you hit that follow button. And if you haven't yet downloaded the MPA process sheet, head on over to joelyoungmpa.com and get your free copy today. Big love and see you next time.